0: Stars.com. Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports podcast presented by SIP Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Vandemotter. Welcome back, Jack.
1: Thank you for having me back. Unfortunately, we're not in the studio today. We're back long distance, but I'm glad we can talk a little kind today.
0: Yeah, I'm super glad. Today for you guys, we have our Cleveland Cavaliers season preview special but before we get into that we have a message from our sponsor manscaped
1: support for the hottest take sports podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience
0: guys get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code htsp at manscaped.com That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HTSP. And we really appreciate our sponsor, Manscaped, and all of you guys who have supported us throughout this journey. So go use that code. It helps us out, and you can get some great grooming tools. So Jack, you want to hop into this episode?
1: Absolutely. Let's get right into it. So to kick things off, the Cavs have not played a game since March 10th. That's over nine months ago. Obviously, they didn't get to play in the NBA bubble that reopened. Because they, they, weren't, they weren't good enough, they were one of those bottom teams. So I'm really excited for this NBA season to get back. It kicks off next Tuesday, the 22nd, with our uh, season opener, the 23rd versus the Charlotte Hornets.
0: The Cavs have a big season opener. Like you said, they haven't played like March, so there's going to be some rust. There's already been some rust with the two preseason games. And those two preseason games so far have been against the Pacers, and the Cavs won them both. But it's not like that matters. And now the Cavs have right. two more preseason games versus the New York Knicks.
1: So the New York Knicks are another team that are not great, but I think the Cavs kind of match up well in that respect. They've made some moves, obviously, getting a guy like Obi Toppin in the draft, who is a guy that a lot of Cavs fans wanted us to draft at five, but I think it's going to be a really good matchup to kind of see where we stack up against a team other than the Pacers. Obviously, we've had some success so far in the preseason, and we'd love to see that, but... At the end of the day, it's preseason versus, you know, a mediocre Pacers
0: team. Yeah, I mean, it's just good practice for the Cavs, again, getting that yeah, rust right, off. Right. They The Knicks didn't play in the bubble either, so they're trying to knock rust off. But it's exciting because they have a lot of young talent like Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, like you said, Obi Toppin, Frank Nelokina. So it'll be fun to see the Cavs play. But there's one player who's been missing preseason games, the first two at least, and that's Colin Jack, and this is big for the Cavs. He's been out with a minor ankle injury.
1: Yeah, so Colin Sexton has not played yet. He was really kind of coming into his own at the end of last year before the season got canceled due to COVID-19. We put out a tweet the other day, if you follow us on hottest underscore take pod, that he averaged since since the start of 2020, he was averaging 23.6 points per game, 49.2 field goal percentage, and a 44.3 three-point percentage. He's um, really kind of taken the, taken the role of that starting point guard and really starting to... Prove a lot of the doubters wrong who thinks he's just a six man or a bench player. So, getting Colin Sexton back is going to be super exciting for just us as Cavs fans, and also super impactful for this team in general.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna touch on uh, Colin Sexton a lot more later. But getting someone back like him will be huge. He has a lot of big expectations for year three in the league. Like you said, he was great last year, and we're really looking for him to improve and become a little superstar that the Cavs could have and claim. And another young player that the Cavs have been missing this preseason, Kevin Porter Jr., and he's been out. He's in a legal trial right now, and he's had some off-the-court issues, Jack, and I just really hope that he can get that all figured out, get his personal life together, and get back on the court for the Cavs.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a big thing for us. Kevin Porter Jr. kind of excelled last year as a late-round pick. And he gives us depth at both the shooting guard and small forward position. We obviously drafted Isaac Okoro, who is expected to be that starting small forward, potentially. But getting a guy, missing a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. definitely hurts. And he, and he just he's a guy that brings a ton of energy to that team. But at the same time, he, he has to deal with his own personal demons right now. And I, we wish him all the best.
0: Right, yeah. We just hope Kevin can get that all under control because basketball obviously takes a backseat to that. Another guy that the Cavs have missed, but they're expecting him to be back soon and just to get into the swing of things real fast is JaVale McGee. And we got him in a trade with the Lakers a couple weeks ago, Jack.
1: It's an interesting trade. lands us ja- JaVale McGee, the king of Schacht and a Fool, for so many years. It, you know, it kind of makes sense because Tristan Thompson obviously moves on and goes to the Boston Celtics. So, we, we lack a little bit of big man depth, and he gives us an athletic big man that can really make plays. He's never been a superstar. I don't think any of us um, expect him to kind of come in and, and light it up or anything, but he gives us a nice veteran presence. And there's another guy similar to, to Sexton and Kevin Porter Jr. that really are impactful pieces for this Cleveland Cavaliers roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Cavs are really packing that front court with guys like JaVale and Andre Drummond. We'll talk about that more, too. We have a lot on our plate to talk about. But they're, JaVale's also someone that they're really excited for the rookies and the younger guys to work with. Just because he's been in the league for so long, he's been there, he's done that, he's won championships. So he can make an impact on this team on and off the court.
1: Right. So moving on to our season outlook, we're going to get into a little bit more of the things preparing us for what this upcoming 2021 season is going to look like. What are some player expectations, beginning with Colin Sexton? What do, you, what do you kind of expect from Colin Sexton when he eventually does return?
0: So I'm—I've always been a huge Colin Sexton fan. I've always been someone that's on his side. You have been too, and a lot of people hate on him, like you said. But I'm really, really expecting big things from him this upcoming year. I mean, he's a dog when it comes to working. The guy doesn't stop working, and he's motivated like no one else. And his teammates know that. Kevin Love even says it. He says he's one of the hardest working players he's ever been around. And that's coming a lot for someone who's been teammates with guys like LeBron James. So I expect exactly. I expect huge things from Colin Sexton last year. I mean, he finished twenty twenty January through March last year, averaging twenty three point six points per game. He was shooting forty nine point two percent from the field and forty four point nine percent from three, which is absolutely insane.
1: Right, he was balling, and when the Cavs really needed him to step up, he did. He was kind of their one of their elite playmakers, and you know, really, like you said, proving guys wrong. I mean, a lot of people, like I said, we're also, we're calling him a six-man or a bench player, a glorified role player. And I think you and I both have kind of been on that opposite end of the spectrum kind of saying, no, this guy can really evolve into something special. And I think he kind of started to do that in the, at the end of last season. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can't pick that, pick that back up where he left off.
0: Yeah, and March he was averaging something absurd, like 30 points a game, and I mean, I don't expect him to, like, pick up on that note or even, like, average 30 points a season, but I'm happy having someone that averages over 20 points a season. I mean, Absolutely. A- a- every good team has that one, like, unified score that can get you 25, 30 a night. And, like like we said, he's not going to get 30 a night, but he can put up big numbers, and he's going to score for you when you need him to. And the Yeah, one- I mean, yeah.
1: I guess I'll say this. You know, Colin Sexton is not a guy you know, just in fairness that I think is ever going to be, like, the, like, the kind of superstar, like, the, the guy that's carrying you to a finals, right, like, I think, you know, he can be a very, very solid second or third option, but at the same time, like, that's what we, that's so important for a lot of these winning teams, you see, like, teams like the Miami Heat who really, you know, found success even without a superstar, I mean, Jimmy Butler, you could call a superstar. but So I really think Colin Sexton is a, is a more impactful piece to the Cavs, no matter what he ends up averaging, just in that sense that he's going to give us a core that we're going to build around for years to come.
0: And he gives you that hardworking attitude, that positive mentality that not every NBA player has, and that's important to an organization to push right. your teammates. And At the end yourself. of the day, you
1: just, if, if every one of your pros was like that, you would be happy.
0: Yeah, you would have a winning team. And one person, that the Cavs, another young player that they're kind of expecting a lot from this year, is point guard Darius Garland, who they picked up with the fifth pick in the draft two years ago. And last year, in 59 games, he averaged 12.3 points a game, 1.9 rebounds, 3.9 assists, shooting 40.1% from the field, and shooting 87.5% from the free throw line, Jack.
1: Yeah, um, Darius Garland is a guy that I'm not going to call a disappointment, because you kind of when we drafted him at five, you knew that he was a project, right? He wasn't an NBA ready guy that was going to come and light it up. He still needs he needs to get a little bit bigger, a little bit more physical. He needs to improve that three point shot a little bit. That was something that was really was one of his strong suits coming out of the draft. But at that same time, I think he showed a lot of flashes, and he's been a great teammate all all around. You'd like to see the assist numbers go up a little bit, like I said, three point percentage. But ultimately, he's a guy that. Was a project, and I expect big things coming, in, you
0: know, for in his second year. I I'm expecting bigger things from Darius too, and like you said, the three point percentage needs to get up. He shot thirty five point five percent from three last year, and I mean he was a like a big three point scorer coming into the draft too. But the thing is, Darius only played four games at Vanderbilt. He was injured for most of the year, so before that, his only experience was the high school and AAU basketball. So that's a really big jump to take, and. Yep. I just, I just don't want to write someone off like him as fast as people have been because the same thing happened with Colin Sexton two years ago, and you saw what happened, Jack.
1: Exactly, and and that's a good point that you brought up about the four games at Vanderbilt. A lot of people were comparing him to Kyrie, almost in that sense, in that like he kind of really didn't have a college career, almost, and, and it was kind of more of a shot in the dark, but. Obviously comes into the league less polished than Kyrie, but like you said, you, when you go from high school ball to the NBA game, and naturally you're a little bit undersized as it is, I mean, you're, it's going to be a big learning curve, but I think he actually met it head on and is you know, ultimately, all things considered, had a decent rookie year.
0: Yeah, and another person that will have a big learning curve in their rookie year is our pick from this year, our first round pick, Isaac Okoro. And he's really stood out in the first two preseason games, Jack.
1: Yeah, he has. Game one, 33 minutes, 6 of 9 shooting, 2 from 4 from 3, uh, 4 for 4 from the free throw line, a rebound, an assist, 3 steals, 18 points, and of course the game winner. You know, he also had a pretty solid game, game two. But just speaking on game one, I think he kind of came out really strong and was not getting any hype from the national media. You know, in fairness, Lamelo Ball was getting all the all the attention, and you know he's a big name. Obviously, I can understand that, but I think Isaac Okoro had a really solid debut, and nobody really talked about.
0: it. Yeah, I mean, he played really, really well, and it was just awesome to see him like kind of live up to that status of number five overall pick, and kind of play over it a little bit in his first game. And in game two, he really didn't slow down much. He played twenty-eight minutes. He went four for seven from the field. 1-for-1 one one on 3, 6-for-10 on free throws. I, I really like to see him getting to the line like that. And he had 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 15 points. But the one thing that kind of concerned me, Jack, was that he had 5 fouls.
1: Yeah, 5 fouls. That's going to be something that it varies game to game. It's you know He's a physical player, and that's something he's got to watch. Also something he's got to learn. I think Coach J.B. Pickerstaff is a, is a solid guy for that for kind of developing and teaching these players the fundamentals, uh, that's something that Okoro needs to improve. Is is polished, you know. I think he's a really, really solid athlete, and a really solid prospect. He could work on the technical things a little bit. His free throw isn't the smooth, or not free throw, but his shot isn't the smoothest thing ever. Although he's shot the ball really well so far, but all these things that I think Okoro is already doing solid, he can. He has so much more room to improve, which is why I have really high hopes for Isaac Okoro not only for this season, but beyond.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he can keep that shot consistent and just keep moving back with it and keep shooting at an efficient rate, then that's all you can ask for for him. And just regarding the fouls, like he's a rookie guarding the the opposition's best player. Like those fouls are going to happen, especially when it's your first year in the league and you're guarding someone bigger than you. I mean, it'll it'll be nice to just see him kind of learn how to improve his defense, even though it's so great already, and just work on those fouls and just get those down because he's someone that's easily capable of guarding the best player on the opposite. Team and having like only one or two fouls a game.
1: That's a great point, yeah. So his defense, which is something we haven't really even mentioned, was is kind of arguably his strongest point in the game. And you saw that before the game winner, he actually had like the game stop. He had the game best stop. Yeah, he the game's the game winning stop before that to get the cats the ball, which eventually led to the game winner. His defense has looked amazing, and that's something that the cats really needed as they were not good on defense last year.
0: No, they were so bad on defense, the worst in the NBA, and part of that was, I mean, just they didn't have anyone at the right size, and then they didn't have anyone at the right build to guard opposing teams, and they were just really weak there. But moving on, Jack, Isaac is fighting for this small forward job, and he's done a great job so far, but also has Shetty Osman. He was great in the first game, but there's someone else there, too, and that's Dylan Windler, and he's... In his first year, he will be looking to get in that small forward spot, too.
1: Yeah, so Dylan Windler is a guy that a lot of people may have forgotten about, but he was drafted right before Kevin Porter Jr. last year, one of our three first-round draft picks, and he really showed some promise in the summer league of last year. His three-point shot looking really nice, which is really his strongest aspect of his game, but that's something that I'm, I'm really excited to see, Dylan Winler's debut. Uh, you know, he's not the most, you know, exciting player Kind of reminds me of like a, you know, an outside sh- spot-up 3-and-D sh- shooter. He's never going to be like a, a superstar, I'd say. But Dylan Windler's a guy that is very f- quietly flying under the radar and could be a big impact player for the Cats.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see Windler. I don't think he's going to start out of these three players. I think it'll be either a Coro or Osman. But I think Windler will have a impactful roll off the bench this year. I mean, he's a good size. He's 6'6", 200 as a shooting guard, small forward combo. And he's really good at 3 and D, like you said, Jack. But one thing that he also brings to the table, that it, like he averaged like 10 rebounds a game in college. And he, he's been getting rebounds in these two preseason games. So I, I really think he can bring a lot of different aspects, like defense, outside shooting, and rebounds to the table for the Cavs this year.
1: Yeah, we'll get into the starting lineup a little bit later, but I agree. I think Akoro. This is really Akoro versus Chetty. Winler. I don't think, at least by this time the season starts, won't be the starting player just because of the draft capital invested in Akoro and you know the veteran and experience that Chetty has. But either way, you know, it's something to definitely watch and keep an eye on. You know, Chetty had a pretty solid season, averaging eleven points and forty three percent shooting. 3.6 rebounds, 2.4 assists is not, you know, eye-popping numbers. But that's really solid from a guy that's, you know, been kind of a project for the Cavs so far.
0: Yeah, and one thing here between Okoro and Chetty, the deal-breaker could be defense. And that's something that Chetty I, has really, like, struggled with in the NBA. He's definitely, like, a high-motor player, and you got to give that to him. Like, he's going all out. His just def- His defense just hasn't been there, though. But I mean he played really well last Saturday. In twenty-two minutes he was six of eleven shooting, three for six from three with five rebounds and twenty-three points. So that's what you want to see. Obviously competition brings out the best in everyone, and these guys are only gonna push each other. So I think Chetty will also take a step up this year, Jack.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the front court. We got a really big front court, you know. Like I said, Tristan Thompson moving on to the Boston Celtics, but we've made some additions that we didn't have last year. JaVale McGee, Thon Maker, and then obviously Kevin Loves, Larry Nance, and Andre Drummond all returning. That's a really big front court. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think there is um, a lot of potential there. Don Maker is a guy that, you know, has not really found a home in the NBA yet, but I think could potentially find a home with the Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Yeah, I, I like this addition of Don. Like, obviously he's not going to be a starter or anything for this team, But he's a 7-footer. That's great depth. And what? He's only like 23 years old, Jack. So he's still young. He still has time. And like, he's fast. He can get up the court. And he can rebound too. I mean, in the first game of the preseason, he had a double-double. He had 10 points and 10 rebounds. In the second game, he only got like 6 minutes of playing time. Didn't play that much. I really enjoyed watching him out there. And I think he's a good addition to this front court.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this league is trending towards athletic big men. Tom Baker fits that role to a T. So I'm really interested to see the kind of impact that he could potentially have this season. Uh, JaVale McGee is another guy we talked about a little bit earlier. Has never really been a prominent, you know, stat stuffer in this league, but he's also never averaged over 27 minutes a game. So he's not a guy that's going to maybe be a starter, but... Like we said, he's going to add that veteran presence. He just came off winning a ring with the Lakers last year. He knows how to win. He's been around the league. I think this is a guy that could also make a very big impact, maybe not even on the stat sheet, but just in general for the Cats.
0: Right, and then two of our power forwards are Kevin Love and Larry Nance. and Y'all all know them because they've been around and Kevin Love will obviously make an impact with his leadership and his shooting, can still shoot the three. And then Larry Nance, the pick-and-roll play, I mean, he's great on the boards, too. He'll also make an impact for the Cavs this year, and he'll be backing up Kevin Love.
1: Yep, absolutely. So a couple under-the-radar guys I want to talk about. We've touched on some of them earlier, and I want to kind of ask you who out of these guys will make the biggest impact, but Dylan Windler... Uh, small forward, Dante Exum, the point guard, Damian Dotson, a guy that we recently acquired this year, and Thonmaker. Out of those guys, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact, just relatively? Maybe maybe a guy like Thonmaker won't have as many minutes as someone like Dilla Windsor or Exum, but do you think, given those minutes, how big of an impact do you think someone like him or any of those guys could have?
0: Jack, I think Dante Exum might have the biggest impact out of these guys. If you guys—I mean, like, remember, Dante Exum was, like, a top-five pick in the NBA draft a while ago, and obviously he hasn't lived up to that status, but he's still good. I mean, he's a 6'5 point guard. He has great size. He's one of the fastest players that I've, like, ever seen play in person. And, I mean, yesterday he just showed his, like, pure athleticism. In 27 minutes, he scored 23 points going three for five from three— And he's like a bigger guard too, so like, I don't know, four rebounds, five assists. I think he can make the biggest impact, and especially with someone like Kevin Porter Jr. out. We don't know when he's going to come back. And Exum and Damian Dotson, who we got in free agency from the Knicks, those two are going to get a lot of playing time at the beginning of the year just because someone like Kevin Porter Jr. is out. And someone like Matthew Delvadova is turning more into a teaching role versus an actual playing role.
1: Right. Yeah, I completely agree with Exum. Exum is another guy who's never really had home in the NBA. Some people might label him a bust for the Utah Jazz all those years back, but like you said, he's so athletic. And you know, twenty three points is fantastic. He's always kind of had those big games, and then he goes quiet for a little bit. But if he can find some consistency and really kind of see, start to figure things out, and get a late breakout in his career, I mean, that's a guy that could potent has like almost star potential. For this team, Damian Dodson, like you said, another guy who has a great shot. I mean, he's really a three-point shooter at heart. Um, and if he gets going, he's, he's tough to stop as well. So I, I agree. I think both of those guys will probably have the biggest impact respectively.
0: Yeah, and just Dodson real quick. He's a guy that we'll probably see a lot at the beginning of the season just because Kevin Porter Jr. is out. But then once Porter Jr. gets back, you'll see him just kind of taking those minutes away from Dotson. But hopefully Dotson can step up and prove to them that they shouldn't play Kevin Porter Jr. more, you know?
1: Exactly. Maybe he, Maybe he's the guy that we should be looking at. So, quickly, Kevin Love. Will he finish the season with the Cavs? He's a guy that's kind of been on the trade block for a few years now. Cavs have had a hard time moving him for multiple reasons. What, what are your expectations for Kevin Love this season, and will he be with the Cavs at the end of the season?
0: Yeah, so I do think Kevin Love will be with the Cavs at the end of the season. He's in the second year of his four-year extension, which is for $120 million. So he still has $90 million left on that contract, which includes this season. So I don't really expect him to get traded this year. I mean, we wanted a first-round pick in return for him, but teams were asking – us to package our first rounder with him, be, just because of how big his contract is. And yes, he's an impact player, but I mean he's kind of declined. He's not the guy that he used to be, and he's definitely a liability on defense. So I just think he'll be with us for the rest of the season, and it's not bad. Like we can afford him. It just, I mean, you don't want a guy with as big of a contract as he does on a rebuilding team.
1: Yeah, it, he makes zero sense for this team, essentially. In the in sense of that we're rebuilding we're young as far as a player goes it's not a great fit obviously the things he does off the court and in the locker room are huge I, you know I think Kevin Love's is a great locker room teammate guy and I, and I agree I think he will finish with the Cavs because nobody wants to trade for Kevin Love nobody wants that contract and you know in the nicest way possible Kevin Love is just not the same player he is like you said he's a liability on defense offensively you know Slowly declined. He's just not as athletic and explosive as he used to be all those years. So again, still a guy. I'm not. We're not saying that he should. You know, we want him off the team, but definitely kind of a weird situation with him on this young rebuilding team.
0: Right. It's not typical to have a player with his contract on a team that's rebuilding. Maybe you pick him up for one year and acquire a pick, but that's kind of the opposite of what happened with the Cavs. But moving on to our starting lineup, Jack. The Cavs have a lot of depth this year. It's something they really didn't have last year, but it's something that Kobe Altman has kind of acquired throughout the past couple seasons and through the draft. So starting with our first team lineup, you want to read that off for us?
1: Yeah, so our first team lineup, are projected starters, Darius Garland at point guard, Collin Sexton starting at shooting guard, Isaac Okoro at small forward, power forward is Kevin Love, and center is Andre Drummond. All things considered, I think it's a pretty solid starting lineup.
0: Yeah, I think it's a solid starting lineup, too. These guys can shoot. The one thing that concerns me is that they're very like undersized. Garland's yep. 6'1", Sexton's two. Okoro's a six five small forward. But hopefully, and I think it will, I, I'm pretty sure it will, his defense will come in handy. And then Love, like we said, isn't great at defense. And Andre Drummond's like 6'11". So he'll be fine. But I think this is a great shooting lineup. I think they'll score a lot of points but they're going to need some times where they pull some guys, take them apart, just so they can get some defensive players on the court.
1: Absolutely, I agree with that. Second string guys, do you want to kind of run through those guys? Yeah,
0: so at point top. guard, we have Dante Exum. At shooting guard, we have Damian Dotson. At small forward, it's Chetty Osman. That's considering if Isaac Kocora wins a small forward job. At power forward, there's Larry Nash Jr., and at center, there's JaVale McGee. So hopefully McGee's back for us at the beginning of the season. But this is a pretty solid and like experienced second-string team, Jack.
1: Yeah, definitely some good depth, like you said, with this team. I think the one thing overall that we do lack is just that that's really that leader, that star power. That's something that we don't really have. However, this is a, a really solid core. It, it'll be interesting. We'll get in, into playoff predictions in a second. But it, it, I think the big key to this season is chemistry. How well are these guys going to play together and play as a team? You know, without that star power, you're not going to have a guy that's going to carry you through the, the down moments when things are not going right. So that's going to be the biggest problem with the Cavs or or their greatest strength, either one. But uh, that's something to watch for sure.
0: Yeah, and just two things to add off of that. The first one with leadership. I mean, Tristan Thompson took on a huge role with this team last year, and I gained so much respect for him. He did a great job with the young guys, teaching, and taking a leadership role with this team. And that's something the Cavs are going to really like miss out on and like lose on because he was just a great guy in the locker room, on the court, and as a leader. And then the second thing is... They really do have to play well as a team because there's no like huge superstar on this team that can carry them. And that's really gonna show the work that JB Bickerstaff and his staff can do with mm-hmm. this team and with these young guys and just put them together and make them work together and see how they gel.
1: Yeah. On third string just to mention, you got Matthew Delabedova at point, Kevin Porter Jr. at shooting guard, Dill Windler at small forward, a song maker at center. We don't really have a third string power forward. But even some guys, Kevin Porter Jr., Windler Fan maker potentially are guys that can contribute to the lineup. And so I'd really like to see even depth three, three strings down.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the, the Cavs, like we said, there's no power forward there. They could put someone like Lamar Stevens or Dean Wade, like a two-way guy. But I bet they'll only carry about 14 guys. And Kevin Porter Jr. is someone there that will easily and could easily move up the depth chart when he gets back. And he's someone that could even hit the starting lineup with a lineup of, like, him, Sexton, Okoro, Love, and Drummond. So look for him to make a big impact, like, after he gets his personal issues resolved.
1: Yeah, 100%. So, John, I'll ask you, Will the Cavs make the playoffs this year? Obviously, they were one of the worst teams in the league last year, not making the bubble. You know, is one year in, in a just you know not outside of a Coro, not really a huge offseason. Is that enough to to pick the Cavs up and have them sneak into the playoffs this year?
0: So personally, I think the Cavs will barely barely make it. They'll sneak into the playoffs and grab an eight seed this year. I think the team's chemistry will be good enough to grab them that AC. I think J.B. Bickerstaff's a really good coach. I just think this young talent is hungry and just ready to prove that they're not a joke and that they're not a like bad lottery team. I think this Cavs team will sneak in and grab a playoff spot. Do I think they'll make a deep run? Probably not. They'll probably lose in the first round. But it's great seeing a, a young group of young guys just make it to the playoffs like that.
1: Yeah, obviously I, I hope you're right. I'm going to say no. I don't think – you know, Isaac Okoro is great, right? But at the end of the day, he's a rookie. He's still got a lot of things to improve on. Guys like JaVale McGee, Damian Dotson, Don Maker. I don't know if it's going to be enough. You're losing Tristan Thompson. I don't know if it's going to be enough to kind of carry this team. And this team was one of the worst teams in the NBA last year. And, and like you said, if J.B. Bickerstaff can really prove that he's a legitimate coach – this team has the depth and has the core to do it, but I'm going to say that they miss it just by a little bit. For for Just for reference, the Pistons last year went 41-41 and 41 and got the eighth seed. I don't know if I see us improving, you know, almost doubling our wins from last year to, to sneak into the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see. I hope I'm wrong, obviously, but really? definitely uh, the looking forward to the Cavs either way.
0: Yeah, the Cavs could certainly have a good year without making the playoffs. I mean, they were just so bad last year that they could really improve a lot while not making the playoffs. And just show personal and team improvements from everyone and just still be a successful season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that about wraps it up for our Cavs season preview. John, is there anything else you want to say before we sign off?
0: No, that's all we have. Just, yeah, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at the hottest underscore take pod. tweeting daily putting up Instagram posts, and check us out on TikTok too. We've started to get active on there at the hottest underscore take pod, posting some edits, some fire edits. So check us out and thank y'all for listening. Peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the hottest take sports podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Big Bad Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pod. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time.